Welcome to the Twin City Auto Wildcat Pre-Game Show with your host, Roger Engel, Britt Haas, and Scott Weatherly. Welcome everybody to the Twin City Auto Wildcat Pre-Game Show. Roger Engel along with Coach Chris Elmore coming off a first game here at home this season is Briarwood unfortunately beat us 28 to 20 but coach we had multiple chances to win that game yeah I think you know a lot of what I said after the game when I talked to you on the uh, on the radio uh, and after watching the film it was kind of confirmed what I thought we we had three or four opportunities uh, that, that we could have you know converted on that would have been the difference in the game so uh, you know that was disappointing because um, you know, we, we feel like we've got a pretty veteran offensive group and, and we made some mistakes uh, that you make in a first game, but we made them with some veteran players, which, you know, that, that was a little disappointing. But, you know, they're still, as we all have to remember, and I have to remind myself daily, they're still 16, 17, 18-year-old kids, and sometimes they're going to make mistakes. And obviously none of those were effort mistakes. None of those were they, they wanted to do them. They just uh, sometimes things happen. And, uh, but we, uh, you know, we talked about that on Monday in film, you know, so, we, you know, Briarwood, historically has always had a great defense. And if you look at their uh, scores in the playoffs last year, their last three rounds, I think they gave up 14-3 and 16 points. So nothing over 20, you know, in the highest level of football, you know, the, the second, third, and fourth round of the playoffs. And, uh, and we scored 20 on them and, and really probably left at least 10 on the field, maybe 17 on the field. So, uh, you know, that's what we kind of talked about offensively was we're not that far off. We've just got to be able to, to, to finish drives, and, and especially, like I said, uh, after the game, two two-minute drives. Basically, I had a two-minute drive right before the half that we did a great job getting down there and getting in position um, and just didn't finish. And then at the end of the game, I thought and, – and that's what I thought. I'm proud of our kids for being down uh, 15 with seven minutes to go when the game looked really over and, and basically had the ball in the five with, with 30 seconds to go, a chance to tie. So that says a lot about them. And – uh, and their character, but we just got to be able to get the ball in the end zone right there and, and at least have a chance to tie the game with a two-point play. Um, and then another big play in the game was, was we had a touchdown call back for a, uh, a lineman downfield, and it was just unfortunate, just um, something that happens and definitely wasn't uh, something that that young man wanted to do, but sometimes you make mistakes, and he got caught just a little bit too far downfield, and uh, uh, and unfortunately he called that play back. So, you know, th those three things right there were, were, were obviously big. And then even before that, we had it down on the, the two early in the game and had to settle for a field goal that time, um, you know, which we made, of course. But still, that could be a possibly four-point difference in the game there, too. So uh, many, many opportunities on offense. And then, you know, defensively, once we settled down, we, we played okay. Uh, gave up 14 quick and then played pretty good the rest of the way. But but even that, after that, we you know the last touchdown they got was just we had a we had a little bit of a miscommunication in our coverage and, and let a guy get free and he got down to the inside the two and you know that was a big play. If they don't complete that pass, I'm not sure they ever score their fourth touchdown. So you know probably a couple opportunities on defense could have gone differently. And then like I said earlier about the offensive uh, mistakes, if we just clean those up, we we probably win the game or, or definitely or at least going into overtime. We had one of their scoring drives stopped, and unfortunately we had a penalty over on the far sideline on a, mm -hmm. I guess it was it a personal foul. Yeah, I think it was. We had a couple of, didn't have many penalties, but we had some untimely penalties. And I think offensively we had three, three penalties, I think, but all three of them were big ones. One of them caught a touchdown back. One of them we were on the two uh, going for it on fourth down, and we lined up off sides. And then we had a, we had a personal foul one time uh, that was not necessary. Uh, and that made it instead of second 11, made it second uh, or 
yeah, second 11 and made second and 26, and so that's a drive killer too. So um, we did a fairly good job of, of not committing a lot of penalties, but even the ones we committed were, were, were killers, so we've got to be able to clean that up on, on both sides of the ball. We did force them in some turnovers. We did. Uh, had, had, a, had a fumble recovery and uh, had a couple of near misses on some interceptions, and, and we only had uh, – only had one turnover, so it was that that was better. But even the one we had was big. We had, they ended up scoring off that turnover, so that was a um, a big play in the game as well. And then of course we went for it early in the game on fourth and short, and you know probably shouldn't have done it, but we thought we could get it. And, and uh, they just they did a good job of defending the play and stopped us. But um, uh, you know sometimes you you get a little bit too greedy maybe in those situations. But you know I tell our kids all the time if 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 I've got confidence in you, I believe in you, we're going we're going to take some chances. And that was one of those times we did. It just didn't. It just didn't pay off. You briefly touched on it, but I thought the kids did a great job going down early and just not giving up, but, hey, pulling back even. Yeah, and I thought the, the most encouraging thing to me was the, how many plays we played offensively. Uh, we played 86 plays, which is really a high number for, for, a, uh, for a game. I think last year we might have had maybe one or two games over 70. So to have 86 in the first one um, and be trailing the entire fourth quarter but still be able to put together drives to give yourself a chance shows that their conditioning is pretty good because, you know, really when you're playing 86 plays, you ought to be – in August, you ought to be giving out by the end of the game. And we were tired, don't get me wrong. We were definitely tired, but I don't think we were more tired than they were. And, uh, and that allowed us to at least get the ball down there and score in position late in the game uh, when, like I said, I mean, uh, with seven minutes to go, it, it did not look like we would have any kind of a chance to win the game. And uh, – uh, and really, like I said, before it was all over. I mean, we're, we're third and two at the five with 30 seconds left and, and a timeout. So we were in great shape and uh, – or no, excuse me, we're out of timeout at that point. But still, we were in great shape right there to, to have two or three chances to score. And uh, unfortunately, got sacked on third down and, and had to kind of rush in our last play. And, and uh, it just didn't work out for us. But uh, uh, just to get in there and have a chance was a, was a credit to, you know, sticking with the plan and, and executing. And, uh, you know, even though we gave up a big play on defense in their last drive, but they ended up getting called back for a penalty. Um, so we got a break there, but still we got a big stop on defense there and got the ball back. And, and really when we got the ball back with about three minutes to go, we had plenty of time. We, we, I guess we were in two-minute drill mode, but, but really we had three minutes and a timeout and the ball in the 40. So we really had plenty of time. Didn't have to really panic there and, and uh, were able to kind of run our base offense and get down the field. So, so there were a lot of positives. And like I told them, the biggest positive is you got to play a game that went down to the wire that had a lot of – kind of interesting situations that, that are very key to winning games, two-minute drills. You know, uh, rarely do you get into a situation where you have a, what we call a last play of the game. Well, we had that. We had a last play of the game. You know, we had to basically get the play in before the clock ran out, and uh, it didn't work out, but we got the, you know, we were able to execute making that happen. Um, and we got all that in in the first game of the year. So, uh, like I told them, they, the good thing is is that when we get into some region games later in the year that have uh, – some significant meaning if one of those games come down to a similar situation, we will have the experience to draw on and know what we need to do uh, to be able to, to perform in those moments. And so I think that's the advantage of playing somebody like Briarwood early is you get, uh, you get challenged and getting put in some spots that uh, hopefully will help you down the road in, in region play and, and hopefully in the playoffs as well. Briarwood, I, I kind of questioned why all of a sudden they quit going to their running back. When he was in there, they were really moving the ball. And for some reason, unless maybe not defensive adjustment, 
they stopped going to it. Yeah, and I think they, I think they got a little tired too. I think you know they, um, yeah, and I think they were trying to obviously spread the ball out and be balanced. I think a lot of people want to do that, but uh, and we did a, we did a better job in the second half of stopping the run. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, I don't, I don't know if they were trying to be a little bit too uh, smart, maybe so to speak, or if they just were, were worried about getting him too tired. I'm not sure. But uh, uh, once, like I said, once we gave up 14 points, I thought. Our defense, who was still very young, uh, did a good job of kind of settling down and really only gave up, you know, 14 the last three quarters of the game, which which is not terrible at, uh, by any stretch of the imagination. So um, we just got to we got to improve. The biggest thing of the night was we gave up some big plays. We got too many big plays, and uh, uh, whether it was run or pass, and that's what got us in a bind on, on all four of their scoring drives. Other though those breakdowns you talk about on defense, uh, as far as pass coverage. Most of the time, our pass defenders stayed right on them. Yeah, I thought we did a decent job defending the pass most of the night, and they didn't. I don't think they had just a, they, they didn't just com have a high completion percentage. Uh, they hit us down the seam one time, like I mentioned earlier, and they hit us on a big screen pass. Um, you know, but other than that, there wasn't just a, a lot of plays. They, now I think they had some drops. We were fortunate; they had some opportunities that they could have converted and they dropped. But. Um, you know, our, because we're replacing six starters in our back seven, we've got a lot of new faces back there. But uh, and they'll learn every week, and they'll get better every week. And um, you know, they'll they'll be better players this week than, than they were. Um, but it's going to take three, four, five ball games before those guys get really, really comfortable with what they're doing. And that's just kind of the nature of the game. And uh, once they kind of get adjusted to the speed of varsity football, they'll they'll be better uh, better players for us. One thing I kind of noticed. Uh, differently from last year's team was probably the speed at our receiver position, and it was kind of noticeable. But obviously, when you lose the players we lost, it's going to be. Yeah, we you know we lost two great players and two guys that are playing in college right now. So, you know, when you lose those those guys, it's not uh, you're not fortunate enough every year to replace the exact same player. I think the biggest thing again with both those guys that we lost was their blocking ability. And Carter and Matthew were so physical on the perimeter. Uh, because they were bigger, stronger receivers. And, and, and these guys we've got now will get there, but they're just not as uh, big and, and physically strong as, as those two were. And, and uh, so it definitely, you know, I, and I, I probably put our guys in a couple of bad situations. Um, you know, that, they were a little better at outside linebacker than I anticipated, and that's part of a first game thing. You don't really know what they're going to have. Uh, we knew their outside linebacker had graduated. So, you know, I'm kind of expecting a – a guy maybe who hadn't played much. Well, in reality, they put a. The coach told me before the game, they had a player that chose not to play his junior year because he was going to focus on lacrosse and try to get a lacrosse scholarship. And he started for him as a sophomore. Well, he was back out there this year, and he was a good football player. And he's about 210 pounds and physical. And, and so I probably put our receivers in some bad matchups on him. Uh, that you know, had we ne probably known that, or been able to prepare for that a little bit better, I, I could have done a better job of, of not putting them in uh, situations that they had a hard time winning. So, um, you know, you live and you learn on that stuff, and, and those guys will get better from it. But, uh, but yeah, you know, we, we, I think we went 11 for 25 passing, which is not great, but I think uh, we've got room to improve and we've got some things we can, uh, can get better at in the throw game. And, you know, the thing I think I said it after the game, the thing I guess I was most maybe disappointed in uh, passing game-wise, I felt like J.D. had to – pull the down, ball down and run a lot. And uh, we don't really want that to happen. We don't mind it happening some, but it felt like it was happening, you know, two out of three plays a lot. And uh, so we got to do a better job of our, our linemen are, we're getting a little bit too much penetration uh, up the interior part of the pocket and, and kind of flushing him out. And so, 
know, we've got to do a better job of being able to, to flatten that pocket out and give him some room to step up and make a throw. And I think if we can do that, when he had some room to throw, he stepped up and made some good ones and uh, made a couple of big, made a great throw on fourth and eight over on their sideline uh, over to Cam Thomas that was a big conversion. So when we did, you know, execute, you know, and that's what we always talk about is, you know, everybody wants to blame the lineman or blame this guy or blame whoever when, when pass protection breaks down. But we really talk about pass protection as all 11 on the field. Everybody's got to do their job. Receivers got to run the correct routes. Quarterback's got to step in the correct space. And the linemen have got to do a good job protecting. And, and when we did that, we, 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 uh, we executed pretty well. But we've just got to get more consistent in that part of the game. One thing J.D. did well on that is the fact that he didn't wait around to get in trouble when he had to get out of the pocket. He reacted pretty quickly and didn't get us any sacks. No, he, I think he might have had one sack the, the entire game. Maybe it was that next to last play of the game. But, yeah, he, made, he, he was uh, very decisive. He made decisions. And sometimes he might have got out a little too quick. But then, you know, when I watch the film, I, I understand why he did too. So I, I would much rather him be uh, decisive and, and, and not get us in negative plays, like you said, than hang in there, hang in there, hang in there and get sacked. So he think, I think he did a good job with that for sure. And uh, uh, we just got to do a better job all the way around uh, protecting him back there. And, and, you know, we kind of got into a game when we're down two scores that uh, I was talking to Brett Hass about this yesterday, that we kind of had to abandon a little bit of our play action throw game. And because you get into a little bit of a situation in the fourth quarter where play action is not effective anymore because they know you got to throw it. So we were kind of forced into some, um, you know, drop back passing that is not really going to ever be our strength. Um, but we did a decent job executing. That's why I told them. So the good news is we got some really good game experience of having to throw the football and and uh, and and do it and be able to execute because that's not really what we want to do on a on a. We don't mind throwing it, but we want to be able to run hunter and we want to be able to play action and be able to set some other stuff up. And and the fourth quarter turned into a little bit more of a hey, we got to throw it almost every play now. And that's kind of the way the the, the game went there at the end. Seemed to have a little more success out of play action really than it just. Just a pure drop back yeah, situation. Yeah, we're a better play action passing team. There's no doubt about that. We it's a it's a counterbalance thing. The more he can run the football and 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 be effective there, then when we play action pass, whether it be a bootleg or a straight drop back, um, and that's what both touchdowns. One of them got called back, but the first touchdown, that's what that was. We we faked it to Hunter, drew everybody inside, and and we threw it over the top to Cam, and and so. That's where our strengths are, and J.D. does a good job on bootleg passes where we fake it and he rolls out. So we need to stay in the situation of the game where we can do that kind of stuff. And, and when you get in third and long or if you get two touchdowns behind, that takes that a little bit out of your, your game plan. And so that hurt us a little bit in the fourth quarter, but hopefully in, in the future we can stay in those uh, situations because we, I think we are pretty good at doing that. Well, we're going to take a little break, and we'll be back to the Twin City Auto Wildcats pregame show. are there for you. 
local care when you need it. For more information and specialties, visit DeKalbRegional.com. First Fidelity Bank has been serving our community since 1969. They are located in Fort Payne, Rainsville, and Eider. They offer fast, friendly, and easy service, along with ATMs, mobile, and telephone banking. They also offer debit and credit cards. They understand that banking can be stressful and want to give you the help that you need, just like family. They're honored to be members of our community and wish all teams a good and safe season. First Fidelity Bank, the finest traditions of community banking. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. As the weather gets colder, Fort Payne Footworks and Outdoors has you covered. We offer a wide selection of top name brands for the winter season, such as Patagonia, On, Barber, and many more. Shop for family, or maybe a little gift for yourself. We have something for her, him, and the kids. This winter season, shop Fort Payne Footworks and Outdoors. Shop local. Open seven days a week, located on Fort Payne Main Street. The Times-Journal, DeKalb County's oldest newspaper, strives to keep the community informed on government meetings, school activities, sports, civic clubs, events, and more. They publish three days a week and have a readership of over 18,000 people with each publication. They also produce the DeKalb Living Magazine, another popular Times-Journal publication, and their website, timesjournal.com, is one of the most viewed sites in Northeast Alabama. The Times-Journal is a huge local supporter of all our area. Owner Patrick Graham and publisher Trisha Dunn wish Fort Payne and DeKalb County teams a wonderful season. Hey everybody, this is Andy White down here at Bobby Ledbetter's Twin City here in downtown Fort Payne. And I just want to tell everybody about some of the inventory that we've got. Right now, we have just about any kind of vehicle that you could ask for. I've got trucks, cars, vans, SUVs of all make, Chevy, Dodge, Ford, you name it. We've got them. Probably more trucks than anybody in the southeast right now. So if you need a truck, you can come down here and see us. As far as the car selection, I've got the high end such as BMWs, Mercedes-Benz. I've got some of your middle-of-the-road cars like uh, your Chevys, your Fords, your Dodges, things like that. I've got a couple of smart cars down here. Just want to tell you, we're, we're loaded for bear. We got so much in their inventory right now, and we just came off of a sale, got a lot of our inventory down, but luckily Bobby's found some great deals on some cars online. He went to the auction, bought a bunch of stuff, brought it back in here. That way we keep our inventory rotating. Everything is fresh, got a bunch of new cars for everybody to come down here and take a look at. As far as financing goes, still got plenty of banks that uh, are taking any type, they're giving any kind of lending as far as your uh, secondary, primary, uh, subprime, we got just about any kind of lending you want. So we want to invite everybody to come down here. Probably the only dealership in this area that's got the kind of inventory that we have. So we want to tell everybody to come down here and see us. We're at 1015 Golf Avenue South. You can shop us on the web at TwinCityUsedCars.com. Give us a call, 256-844-2210. Thanks, y'all. Y'all come see us.
Welcome back to the Twin City Auto Wildcat pregame show. And Coach, when we left off talking about last week's game, one person we didn't mention was Alex, and obviously yeah. he deserves a mention. Yeah, you know, we, we didn't really do uh, Players of the Week this week, should have, but if we did want it, I'd, it would be him without a, without a uh, even though Hunter had a good night too, 135 carries for 133 yards, I think, and a touchdown. So even though it probably didn't look like a typical Hunter night, he still was, was productive. But, uh, um, but yeah, Alex had a great night. You know, it's funny because Alex, I was kind of giving him a hard time the last couple of weeks. He he had not been kicking. You know, we're so used to him just making everything he kicks and every kickoff booms in the end zone. In the last couple of weeks of practice, he's been a little bit off, and and maybe he was just messing with me because I mean, he he was not off Friday. He he was uh, kickoff five kickoffs were not only in the end zone, they were way in the end zone. A couple of them went through the goalpost and. Um, and then, of course, had the short field goal there early in the game, and then, then we had the ball on the 39. Uh, and I never even thought about it for a second. I mean, uh, once it was fourth down, we tried to get it on third down. Once it was fourth down, I, I knew what we were going to do. And and uh, he, he boomed it through there, and it was 56 yards. And, and uh, most people have said this. And I, we on the film, you can see the ball land past the uh, runway for the pole vault pit, which is at least five or six yards behind the, the goal post. So you got to figure that was – Possible from 62 or 63 for sure, and um, so, um, and then he also punted three times for 40-yard average. So he he had a great night, and uh, uh, th that's obviously a huge weapon for us. And it was actually funny. I was telling my wife that when he went out to, I normally don't hear stuff in the game, but when he went out to kick the 56-yarder, I could hear the Briarwood student section on the other side, and they were hollering. And they were yelling, y'all can't make this. There's no way you can make this. What are y'all thinking? He can't make this. And they were just giving him down the road. And, of course, he knocks it right through. And then you didn't hear another word after that. So uh, he had a big night. And hopefully that's something we'll be able to continue to rely upon uh, the entire season. And, and, again, the good news for us, one more season. So um, he, he's definitely a weapon, and, and we're glad he's on our team. I did see the Briarwood fans give him a big hand over yeah. there. They appreciated yeah. it all. So maybe the students, you know, had to give him a little business. But. Yeah, I think the students, I think he earned their respect, too. I think after he uh, made it, they, they, were, they realized, hey, that guy's pretty good. So um, uh, anyway, he's, he, as we all know, he's a great kicker and, uh, and uh, just continues to improve each and every year. Well, this week the game's been moved up to Thursday night. and We go down to Gadsden City, and I think this is only the second time we've played in their new stadium down there and it'll be a challenge for them. Yeah, you know, and I said that last week when uh, at the end of the game I was talking to y'all. I mean, you know, when I told our players this today, I'm, I know most people in Fort Payne think I've lost my mind and maybe think I'm the village idiot right now, but uh, <laughs> we scheduled Gaston City, you know, number one, there was there was not just a lot of other options out there when, when, we, when the schedule fell and Scottsboro ended up in our region and Pell City ended up in our region, so a lot of teams that we'd been playing non-region ended up being region opponents. Um, then the teams that we were playing non-region last year didn't want to renew. We were searching for games, and Gadsden City was one of the first ones to call. And, um, you know, a couple of reasons we, we decided to go with them. One, uh, we feel like it'll be a, a sort of a preview for playing a team like Oxford. We feel like we need to play somebody early in the season that uh, will have the kind of size and speed that Oxford will have later because we don't want to – we don't want the first time we see that kind of speed or that kind of size to be the night we line up against Oxford. So one of the reasons we play them is that. And the other reason, obviously, is it's a close game. It's, a, it's about a 40-minute trip. And, and, you know, right now, believe it or not, Gaston City's the, they're getting closer and closer to 6A. And, and, and everybody tells me they'll probably be 6A the next time we come around. And, and as we all know, if they do, then they're probably going to be in our region anyway. So uh, we felt like the time was now, and um, you know, we realized that it's, it's going to be a huge challenge, and we realized that it'll be uh, very tough for our players. But I told them again today, um, 
they, they say they want to compete with the best, and they say they want to compete with Oxford for a region championship, and if that is indeed true, and I think it is, I think our players believe that, then we need to play somebody like Gadsden City, and, and, and we need to play them early in the year. So uh, so we're going to get, you know, a big challenge tomorrow night, and, and uh, we're, we've challenged our players to go down there and make the most of it, and, and let's, let's play full speed and attack and, and do the best we can do, and, and whatever happens, happens. And, and then we'll come out of this game uh, better off for it because it'll be uh, – uh, it'll be a good preview for what we're going to see later in the year. What can our fans expect as far as uh, Oxford's – I'm sorry, Oxford, but Gaston City's team on offense, defense? Well, they, they're big and they're, and they're fast. I mean, they've got good speed on defense and, they're, and they're, they've got good size on the front line and uh, two, two big inside linebackers. And, um, and then their offensive line, same thing. I mean, I think, I think they may be a little banged up, supposedly their coach said, but they've got, they've got one guy at right tackle that's 6'7", about 290, and then they've got a – They've got a guy at right guard that's uh, he, he's the one he says may not play, but the, the right guard is like six five, three fifty. I mean, they, I mean they're uh, uh, massive uh, offensive players. So, and they've got a big running back. To be honest with you, it looks a lot like Hunter. He's, he's I don't know how much he weighs, but he's probably two twenty, two thirty as well. And so, um, you know, we're, we're going to have to be really sound and have multiple people around the football because it'll be tough to tackle him. And you know, they're playing two quarterbacks. You know, they had a guy transfer from Etowah. Etowah starting quarterback transferred in there and over the summer. And um, so he's playing some quarterback along with a guy that had played last year. So uh, they're rotating them around, not really by series. It's kind of random. Um, and I, I think they're just trying to settle in on who they like the most. But, um, uh, but they've got good receivers, good defensive backs. And, uh, you know, like I say, it'll be uh, – we'll have to be very good at what we do. And, and uh, you know, it'll be a game that, uh, you know, you're not going to uh, trick them and deceive them in a lot of ways. You've got you've to kind of line up and execute, which is what you've got to do when you play the, the Oxfords of the world. You can't, you can't try to fool them with stuff. You've got to line up and execute what you do and, and just be better at your – uh, scheme and they are at their scheme, so um, they'll they'll be pretty balanced running pass. They'll run it quite a bit, but they'll also try to throw it on the perimeter to their receivers. So um, it'll be a it'll be a good test on both sides of the ball, and um, and we'll have to be very very prepared and 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 really play with a lot of uh, intensity tomorrow night to be able to, to 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 have a chance to win the game. Back when there were still Gadsden, we had quite a few of thrillers with those. They mm -hmm. probably was one of our biggest rivals back in the day. Yeah, I think when definitely when Dad coached I can remember that I, I think it was our biggest rival they, they probably got the better of us most nights but um, you know a lot of times we were in the same area and a lot of times that game had a lot of playoff implications and um, so they had some really good teams back in the day when they played at Murphy Stadium and and uh, you know like I said Fort Payne won a few of those but, but Gaston won quite a bit but they they were uh, obviously really good back in those days won a lot of state championships but uh, you know it'll be that type of Gadsden team they'll have a lot of a lot of team speed and a lot of size and uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to be very, very good at what we do uh, tomorrow night. Uh, should we be full speed? For, for the most part, we've got a few nicks and bruises. We didn't lose anybody, um, and no, nothing major uh, that was happened last week. A few guys banged up. And that's, you know, another reason I didn't necessarily mind the game being moved up to Thursday. We were wanting to play Friday, but with the impending weather or at least the chance of the weather Friday night, um, we felt like when they called going to Thursday was the right decision. And the, the, the byproduct of that, I guess, is it'll give us another day to kind of heal up as we prepare for region play. So we're not uh, – uh, I don't think we have anybody that uh, is necessarily out for tomorrow night, but we've got some guys that have got some uh, bumps and bruises that, you know, could be limited or, or could have uh, – could affect their play a little bit. But, 
you know, that's typical of, of uh, playing a physical opponent like Briarwood in week one. And that's, you know, really that's the main thing we're, you know, hoping and praying for tomorrow night is we want to go down there and play well and, and compete and try to win the football game. But we also, if we can come out of it healthy, uh, then we'll feel really good about where we are after two uh, competitive games uh, against two quality teams in back-to-back -back weeks. After having that game behind us and seeing any maybe strengths or weaknesses, anything uh any adjustments in particular you think you're going to make? Well, well, you know, we'll make adjustments each week based on who we're playing and what we think is the best way to attack them. But, um, you know, for the, to answer your question, we've got the right players on the field. There's some other players that will get some other opportunities this week, and we tell them, you know, every week that, you know, just because certain guys play one week doesn't mean it doesn't change the next week. So uh, we kind of challenge them each week at practice to, uh, to you know, compete for a spot and show people that you deserve to be on the field. And we, we've made a few adjustments in some of our special teams, uh, especially our return teams, to uh, change that up a little bit. It, it wasn't uh, part of the problem, I guess, when you, when you go into the week one is on returns, you don't know what to expect from their kicker, especially when they got a new kicker. So we were a little bit... Uh, I guess off, we had a couple of foul ups on the kickoff return, so we hopefully have got that cleaned up this week and made some adjustments there. And and um, but you know we're going we're going to stick to what we do and and uh, you know kind of tweak it slightly each week to to benefit us against the opponent we got. But uh, uh, no, we'll, we'll nothing major has been changed. But uh, like I said, it'll be. Uh, I, I hope the biggest thing is. Um, our mentality was good last week, and I kind of challenged them today a little bit. I, I just I want us to be a little bit more, um, you know, intense and and intentional about what we do. I think I think we I don't know if last week we just thought we were going to show up and beat them. I, even though we told them how good Briarwood was, I'm not sure what the deal was, but um, uh, we looked a little surprised. Or to me, we on the sideline, we looked surprised that it was a tough game. And that's why I kept telling them, guys, we, I told you they were a good team. And that's why I told them this week is, hey, you're going to see a great team this, this Thursday against Gaston. So uh, let's don't be shocked by it. And let's go down there and be intentional about what we do. And let's compete. Uh, and whatever happens, happens. And we'll learn from it and we'll get better. Coach, hopefully we'll have a big crowd follow us down. If not, you can watch all the action on all the Fort Payne High School websites and Fort Payne TV. I know a lot of people commented this week they really enjoyed watching the games last Friday night. Yeah, I had a lot of people say how, how great the, uh, the the coverage was and how good the quality was. The, and announcers. So the announcers were outstanding, <laughs> they said. They said the best part of the show was the halftime interview when I stood there and didn't know what was going on. But uh, uh, but no, I think, you know, hopefully we'll have a good crowd, but the good news is I'm playing on a Thursday night, it is nice to have this where somebody don't want to travel on a Thursday night, they can, they can kick back at home and and watch us there and support us from home. Well, 6.30 tomorrow night from Gadsden City, Roger Ingle and Coach Elmore saying goodbye for tonight. Thank you for watching the Twin City Auto Wildcat pregame show with hosts Roger Ingle, Britt Haas, and Scott Weatherly. Go Wildcats!